0: Would you please turn to 2 Corinthians 5 this evening? You might go ahead and find Romans 13 as well. 2 Corinthians 5 and Romans 13. I want us to pray a prayer of agreement in just a moment here about... I've prayed already about some of these things. I hope some other people have too. But let's come into agreement about specific utterance and revelation. 2 Corinthians 5... And Romans 13. 2 Corinthians 5 and Romans 13. Let's pray a prayer of agreement together. Father God, I thank you so much for this wonderful opportunity that we have every time we come together. Lord, we know that the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Our eyes are on him. Our ears are open to hear you through him. And so, Father, we ask for every person here and that will hear by tape or any other medium to have eyes that see and ears that hear and heart that is open and receptive to receive. Let there be divine grace, deposits, truth, impartations, answers and revelation and help for now. And we give you the praise and we give you the glory in Jesus' holy name. Amen. In 2 Corinthians 5, let's please begin reading in the 7th verse. Second Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith, not by sight. That's a good verse, isn't it? If you're moved by what you see, then you're not walking by faith. If you're walking by your faith, then you're not moved by what you see. Amen? Because your faith is not based on what you see. Right? It's based on what God said. That does not change. Amen? Like, uh, what is it, the, just the previous chapter here in the fourth chapter, verse 18. We look not at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporal. Temporary. Can't stay that way. It's got to change. If it went from good to bad, you know it can move. <laughs> right? Because it, it was good, and it moved, so we know it can move. It can move that way. It can move the other way. Right? Anytime you're experiencing a difficulty, a challenge, you need to look it in the eye and say, you cannot stay this way. If I can see you, if I can feel you, you are changeable. Temporary, temporal, and subject to change. We walk by... Faith. You do understand that just because you say I'm a faith person, that don't mean you is one. Right. right? You can have faith stickers on your car and your refrigerator. You can have a whole closet full of faith tapes and books. That does not mean that you are walking by faith. Right. And you can tell when things happen. How moved you are reveals how much you're walking by faith. Amen. Amen. How many believe that when you're standing on the Word, you are standing on the rock, and when you've dug deep, and you've laid the foundation of your life on the Word of God, on being a doer of the Word of God, that though the winds may howl, though the lightning may flash and the thunder crash, when the dust settles, you'll be standing right there on the rock, unmoved. Say unmoved. 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 I want you to say it one more time. Unmoved. 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 Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know uh, something that has, uh, has kept me in good stead in several situations in my life. I know I learned about it probably some 15 years ago. Phyllis and I were dealing with a lot of things. It, it, it the, you know, the enemy likes to try to. Uh, when you begin to have problems, he likes to pile on a lot more. He he wants to overwhelm you. Have you found that out? He practices what I call the pile up technique. Do you know why anybody? Can I get a witness? Anybody know what I, you you thought you had three problems? You found out you had twelve. <laughs> And uh, that kind of thing, you know, I knew I had a few things I was dealing with. And here come another phone call. And then here come another phone call. And then here's another one. Here somebody said they had to see me and it was a bigger problem than the others. And he's trying to overwhelm me that day. I finally, I, I got home and I just went and sat down in the middle of the floor in the living room with my Bible. And I turned over to Acts and I read what Paul said. He said, none of these things move me. I mean, it does your soul, I said your soul, it does your soul good for you to speak that out in the midst of a challenge. You need to look it in the eye. Maybe it is a big bill. Maybe it is a big need. Maybe it is a a big challenge. But you need to look it right square in the eye and say, you don't move me. You don't move me. I walk by faith, not by sight. If you're walking by sight, then you're moved. And with everything you see and with everything that changes, everything you hear, you're moving, you're vacillating. You're moving like the, the, the leaves and the limbs of the trees and the wind. Oh, but when your heart is settled and established on the Word of God, then it reads exactly the same today as it did yesterday, as it did last week, last month, as it did a thousand years ago. Hallelujah. And it will be the same tomorrow. And though heaven and earth pass away. I mean we've witnessed some terrible things. But he said though the earth be removed. Now that's serious business friend. When the mountain ranges are sliding off into the ocean. And when the earth is being removed from under your feet. Is it possible that we serve such a God and that faith will, will buoy up your soul that you could stand up in the midst of that and say, I will not fear. I know Him who made the earth. I know the One who made the mountains. He is my Father and I am the apple of His eye. Hallelujah! And he hides me underneath the shadow of his wings. He's my refuge, my God. In him I trust. I trust. When you trust, you're not afraid. I said, when you trust, you're you're not afraid. He goes on to say, We walk by faith, verse 7, not by sight. Verse 8, we are confident. I say, and willing rather to be absent from the Lord, absent from the body, excuse me, and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of Him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that every one may receive the things done in His body, according to that He has done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men, but we are made manifest unto God, and I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. Let me read this uh, this eleventh verse again. He's talking about the judgment seat of Christ and how that everyone, all, there's no one that's going to be left out of this. Everyone is going to receive the things that they've done. Verse eleven, he said, Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Yesterday, when we had heard the the terrible news, and the Lord said some things to to us about his terror. And I've been meditating on that ever since. And it's, it's just growing in me. Getting bigger and bigger in me. Something that I, haven't, I have not focused a lot on. But how many know this is New Testament right here? 2 Corinthians 5, 11. Paul, the Apostle Paul. Who received so much of the revelation of redemption. For the New Testament church. He said, I know the terror of the Lord. In all of the revelation of grace that he received, he also experienced the terror of the Lord. And having experienced that, it provoked him to persuade men that they not experience this. These acts of hate against this country are acts, I mean, you've heard the word all day, terror, right? Right? Terrorism, terrorist, terror. And the Lord had said to to me and said to us, He said the thing in which they trust is going to turn and come back on their own head. The thing they have sown will come upon them multiplied. They've trusted in terror. Terror. To put fear into the hearts of us all. That we'd be afraid to go about our daily business. We'd be afraid to get on an airplane. We'd be afraid to to drive our cars or trains. We'd be afraid to conduct business. They trust in this fear to get the desired result. But the Lord has said concerning them... That it's going to return. It's like the curse causeless that shall not come. You know, some years ago, Brother Kenneth Hagin was in a meeting. And he had said some things about some false prophets and prophetesses. And somebody came up to him afterwards and said, Oh, Brother Hagin, oh, Brother Hagin, ooh, you shouldn't have said that because uh, prophetess so-and-so was in the service. And she'll curse you. And they begin to tell him about people she had cursed. And things had come on them. He leans back and says, I double dog dare her to curse me. (laughs) Friend, did you hear that? That is the thing that makes you immune. Did you hear me? That is the thing that keeps up the hedge and keeps up the protection around you and yours. It is that you will not receive the fear. Are you hearing? That's what the Spirit of the Lord is saying. You will not receive the fear. It will come. Fear comes. All of us have experienced fear. Haven't we? All of us have experienced Terror. In different ways. I thank God. Back in my teens, my late teens, the Lord taught me this. I knew very little scripture. I had not been taught about the word of faith at that time. But I did know the 23rd Psalm. How many know God can get a lot of mileage out of just a couple of verses? (laughs) Who can He? And there was a particular thing I was going through. And I was was fearing. I, I I was trembling about a certain thing. And the Lord brought that back with force to me. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. And he taught me before I had heard some of the concepts and principles of faith, he taught me that even though I was feeling afraid, I did not have to be afraid. We walk by faith. What if we feel afraid? Does that mean we're afraid? Twelve people got it right then. What if we feel sick? Does that mean we are sick? We have to receive. Now see that was, you hear how much stronger that was than the one before that? What if we look and feel and the numbers say we're poor? Does that mean we are poor? Do we have to receive poverty no. and confess poverty? No. But well, what if you feel afraid? What if you got goosebumps, double parked? What if you got the hair on the back of your neck sticking up? What if you got your knees bumping together and your heart is beating like this? Does that mean that you have to receive fear? No. 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 Through a trembling voice, through a shaking hand, through a bumping knees, you can say, I refuse this fear. I will not have it. I will not yield to it. The Lord is my refuge and strength. I refuse it. I refuse it. We, we walk by faith. Which means no matter how we feel, we, we refuse to acknowledge and confess that we are afraid. Because we refuse to receive the fear. Fear comes. Have, has it come to you before? <clears throat> it comes to you. It will try to come on you. I've seen people that did things. I've seen people that flew in airplanes. Flew all kind of amazing things. And then begin to get afraid of it. And finally just ground themselves and, and, and never fly again. Not because they couldn't do it or because of physical problems. Just Fear. Just get to the place where they they look back and see where they made mistakes and they had close calls and, and this and that. And get to thinking about that and received the fear. There are a lot of people that did a lot of things, but they've backed off. They've backed off until they almost don't leave the house. The enemy has brought us fear. Hasn't he? He's brought this country fear in a big way. But you and I are not going to receive any of it. And this is a big part of our spiritual responsibility right now. Amen. Amen. That we do not receive fear. Said out loud, I will not not receive receive fear. Now remember that you, you walk by faith with this. Just because you're feeling afraid, you may be crying, you may be shaking, does that mean you have to say, Well, it's all it's too late, I'm afraid now? No. You treat it just like you do anything else, you stand against it, you resist it, you say, Fear leave me. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. I said it will. Amen. Now, keep this in mind. And go with me to Deuteronomy, please. The 20th chapter. Won't you hold your place in Romans? I hadn't forgot about that. Deuteronomy 20. You have also heard today the phrase acts of war. Anybody heard that? That's precisely what it is. Long ago, The Lord gave his people the instructions, the the rules of warfare, if you will. In Deuteronomy 20, he instructed the people what to do when that was the case. When they were about to go to war. You may not uh, carry a rifle. You may not drive a tank. But your part is just as important. How many believe that your spiritual part is just as important and more important than any natural thing that will be done? And notice the first rule of going to war from God. The first rule. Deuteronomy 20. Are you there? Verse 1. When you go out to battle against your enemies... And you see horses and chariots and chemical weapons and nuclear missiles. Huh? And crazy people. (laughs) And even if they're more than you, what's the number one? What's the first thing he says to them? What's the first? Be not afraid of them. Now, I know that the Lord was dealing with me about this. People have read this and and they just read over it like it's, yeah, that's right, yeah, the Lord always says, fear not, fear not. No, it's more than just something that He's warming up to getting ready to tell you something else. If there was something that was preeminent over this, He would have said it first. The reason He says this is because spiritual laws... Are engaged in when you yield to fear or you yield to faith. And the enemy operates through fear. The enemy is able to overcome through fear. The enemy is able to win battles through fear, through getting fear into the hearts of people. So, the first thing he tells them is no matter what you see, no matter how badly outnumbered you look, no matter how intimidating the weapons may seem, do not what? Fear. Be not afraid of them. Why? For the Lord your God is with you, which brought you up out of the land of Egypt. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And it'll be when you come near to the battle that the priest will approach and he'll speak to the people. And he'll say to them, Hear, O Israel, you approach this day to battle against your enemies. What, what does he say? What's, what's, he, he reiterates. Let not your hearts faint. Fear not. Do not tremble. Neither be terrified because of them. Do you hear all the detail here? Let me read it again. Let not your heart... Who's the understood subject here? You. You You are not to allow your heart to faint. Now, he wouldn't say this, uh, except you will be tempted to. Feelings will come. Reports will come. Things will impact you. And you'll feel faint. You will feel distraught. You will feel like panicking. You will feel like being confused. We're in the same world that everybody else is in. But what's different about us is that we don't walk by sight. We don't walk by feeling. Amen. Amen. We've learned the power of our spoken words. We've learned the power of faith in our heart. And when our hearts are pitter patten we can reach up and say, heart, be strong. You will not faint. You will not faint. Body, quit that trembling. Mind, be quiet. Be still and know that He is God. Don't you be afraid. Don't you be terrified because of them. For the Lord your God is He that goes with you to fight for you against your enemies and to save you. Is this true concerning us today? Is He with us? Does He go with us? Does He fight for us? Against our enemies? If our enemies only had a quick revelation of who they're up against. And some are going to get some glimpses of who they're up against. And it's going to scare them. That's not an adequate word. It's, It's going to terrorize, terrify them. I'm going to share you some things about that. The terror of the Lord has always been one of his most powerful and effective weapons against his enemies. We think in terms of physical force. But... Do you remember how many times, I may show you if the Lord leads us that way, how many times the enemies of God's people were there to fight. They had them outnumbered. They had them outarmed. And something fell on them. (laughs) And they got so scared, they started, we'd say today, shooting each other. What would make a highly trained army do that? Wake up in the night. Wild eyed and just start shooting people beside you. It happened. Have you read your Bible? It happened again and again and again. People just start running and screaming and run away and leave their tents and supplies and run for miles. I said run for miles and never look back. I mean jump up and run off and leave their gold, leave their diamonds, leave their weapons and just run. Run, you know, for a day. There is no terror like the terror of the Lord. You think you feel intimidated standing beside a whale. You think you feel small standing at the base of the Rocky Mountains. You think you feel weak in the face of a huge wave in the ocean. Well, the one who created them is far greater than that. Hallelujah. Should we be afraid? When this one is in us and on our side and for us, they should be afraid. They should fear. And the terror of the Lord has been, from yesterday, falling on the perpetrators of these crimes. Has been. You can hear it. And some of the people that's hollering, we didn't do it. We didn't do it. We didn't do it. We love America. God bless America. I was at home all day. Oh, boy. Did, did you hear this? I need to finish this before we go to the next. What's the first rule of warfare for spiritual people? Now this is, this is 100% applicable to the soldier in the field. The man carrying the rifle. Hmm? This is, this is what makes us unconquerable. He goes on to say, just a few verses later, talking about that. In verse 8, look at it. Verse 8, The officers shall speak further to the people, and they shall say, What man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted? Now, he's charged them twice not to be. But as they're standing there, hearing the spears and the, and, and the swords and the, the armor of the horses rattle, he wants to know what man is there that is fearful and faint-hearted, and you understand this is God's instructions as to what the army and the leaders and the priests are to do every time they go out to war. When they get up there ready to fight, they're all out there. They're in uniform, they're in their ranks, and he, and they're supposed to proclaim throughout the whole bunch who's afraid, who is faint-hearted and afraid, and the ones that were are supposed to put their hands up. And what did he say? <laughs> huh? Don't you, don't you need every man? Don't you need every soldier, every, every, every gun, every sword that you can get? Not if there's fear behind it. Don't we need every person we can get to pray? Don't we need every person we can get to to, to rally and make confessions and believe instead? We need every person with faith. It's not just in the quantity, it's not just in the numbers, it's in the faith. He told them to stand up and say, Are you scared? Are you chicken? (laughs) Then go home. Pray through, maybe you'll be ready for the next war. Go return to his house. And he tells you why. What does he say? Why? Lest his brother's heart faint as well as his heart. Fear, like faith, is contagious. It can sweep through a crowd, it can sweep through a people, it can sweep through a household. And friend, we we haven't taken this thing seriously enough. It is not okay to have fear in your house about anything. It is not okay to hear fear in the voice of your spouse, to hear fear in the voice of your children. When you hear it, I'm, I'm not saying jump on people and start rebuking them. When you hear it, start working on it to get it out. Help them. What will push out this fear? Faith and the revelation of the love of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Begin to talk about the Word. Talk about it among yourselves. But do not let fear go unchecked. Because it's Contagious. Especially as parents, you, you, you don't, you know, I mean, you wouldn't take a deadly disease uh, in, in, in to, to, to infect and your relatives and, and your children, would you? This is worse than that. I said, this is worse than that. You know it's bad when the Lord says to stop right before you go into battle and you ask and you get those out of the way. Get them out. Everybody say, no fear. No fear. No fear. fear. Go with me please to Romans where you're holding your place. Romans chapter 13. That was the number one instruction for going to war that the Lord gave his people and it stands today. Romans 13. And let's read verse 1. Romans 13.1 says, Let every soul be subject or in subjection to the higher powers or authorities. For there is no authority but of God. And the authorities that be are ordained of God. Now that doesn't mean that everything that a person in authority does is of God. But the fact that there is authority, that there is a structure, is of God. And God is in the, especially the the more that his people pray and believe him, he is able more and more to direct uh, everyone that is in these places of authority. That's our responsibilities. Do you hear what we're doing tonight? Hmm? Our military is on alert. High alert. Huh? Our Air Force, our Army, our Navy. The, I mean, people have uh, jerked the slack out. Man, uh, everything's ready to go. Everything's checked and rechecked. And, and, and they're, they're ready. They're at, at alert. What about God's army? Amen. I said, what about God's army? Amen. That's us. From the generals to the privates in God's army, God has called us on alert. Amen? Amen. Amen. What's the number one rule? Absolutely no fear. None. I got it so strong in my spirit I feel like jumping up in the air saying it twice as loud. Listen to me. Treat this like profanity. Treat it like the worst vilest cussing that you've ever heard. When you hear anybody in this church or in your house or in this ministry start talking fear I mean everybody around them sit down on them. <laughs> I mean, it's talking the language of the enemy. I mean, it's, it's really, it's akin to treason. I know we haven't taken this as seriously as God has told us. Why would he say the first thing? No, don't be mean to people, but I mean just set out on them. Absolutely refuse to join in any kind of conversation of fear. That includes people you don't know. I said, that includes people you don't know. Don't be ugly. Don't be holier than thou. Don't be preachy. Just change the subject. Amen. Or start talking positive. But do not join in any fear conversations. None. We just don't know, we just don't know We know what the word says We know God is with us We know he's on our side We know he told us not to fear Amen There's a lot of people have said in their hearts, they've prayed What do we do Lord, what do we do They're looking for something spectacular Hear the word of the Lord tonight Here's what you do Number one, you do not fear Now that will keep you busy all day Do not fear. You're not afraid about your business. You're not afraid about your body. You're not afraid about your marriage. You're not afraid about your country. You're not afraid about traveling. You're not afraid about anything. That's why you can just sing and smile and say hallelujah all day long. And in spite of the tragedies that have occurred, miracles are happening in the midst. We've heard of them. You and I will be poor soldiers. Actually can get in we wouldn't mean to, but get into some treason. If we get over and start wringing our hands and go, Oh, oh God, oh God, I just I just I don't know. Oh what's gonna to happen to those people? What's gonna happen? That's what people who don't know God do. Yes. There are some Christians that are doing that and they're gonna do that. How much more do you and I need to be strong? Yes. Amen? Yes. To stand up and say miracles are happening. Miracles are happening right now. God is moving on our behalf. No fear. Say it out loud. No fear. No fear. None. None. Say it out loud right now Father God, Father God alert, me alert me to anything, to anything that, has a shadow of fear, that has a shadow of fear, a vestige of fear. A vestige Or terror about it. Help me to recognize it when I hear it. Help me to catch it before I say it. Help me to recognize it in my mind. And I will refuse it. I will cast it down. I refuse to fear. Hallelujah. Now He's going going to do that for you. He's going to help you. Fear's not okay. I said, it's not okay. It's not okay. These people are trying to trying to hurt us with a war of fear. But we know about these things. I said, we know. I mean, isn't it, isn't it the way we've been walking for years? I mean, the devil tries to put us in fear every day about something. Money's not coming in. Your body's not going to be healed. We've done this before. We've been here before. <laughs> Amen. And so we're going to help a lot of people. Everybody around about us will be buoyed up with our faith. Amen. You know, at healing school, I used to, we, we had the privilege of teaching healing school at the Kenneth Hagan ministry for, for years. And at healing school in the afternoon, I used to always get as many as I could of those Ramah students in there. Those guys, I mean, what they lacked in knowledge, they made up for in zeal. <laughs> and I got I had a room full of death. I got, you know, scores of people in there that's been told they're not going to make it to the end of the week or the end of the month. And I'd get all these guys, spending, they'd pump full of the Word every morning. They'd get session after session after session and they pray half the afternoon they're study the Bible at night. And I got them and I'd sprinkle them all around these sick people. And sometimes these folk are sitting in there, bless their hearts, they just, you know, look like death warmed over and they're sitting there. And about two minutes into the message, two Ramah students beside them go, Yes! Hallelujah! Yes! Yes! And they're turning to the Scriptures and and they're excited. It's contagious. I said, it's contagious. I'd begin to see, I'd see them sometimes, they'd kind of look over at their Bible. What are they looking at, you know? What What are they so excited about? And I mean, it wouldn't be but just a short amount of time when they got their hands up about half mass too. And they're going... You and I are to carry this faith, this boldness, this strength, this fearlessness into every shop, into every grocery store. Amen. Into every part of our work. don't, Don't be over preachy. Don't think you have to quote 12 scriptures to everybody. Just have it in you. Amen. Let it be in your countenance, in your words, in your eyes, in the time people can look at you and tell there is absolutely no fear in you. None. None. No fear. Keep reading. Romans 13. Now there's no fear in us, but there is some definite fear coming on some other folks. Keep reading. Keep reading. Verse 2 Whoever resists the power resists the ordinance of God, and they that resist shall receive to themselves damnation or condemnation. For rulers are not a terror to good works, but to what? In other words, but they are to the evil. They are what to the evil? A A terror. To the evil, wilt thou then not be afraid of the authority? Do that which is good, and you shall have praise of the same. For he, talking about the rulers, and you know who we're talking about. We're talking about uh, this covers everybody. This covers our leaders, uh, our government rulers. This covers our military. This covers our police. And the Bible calls them ministers. Right. They're ministers of God. Even the, one, even the unsaved ones. Huh? They are ministers of God to you for good. They're for our good. The ones who love righteousness. The people of God. But if you do that which is evil, it'll be okay. Huh? Did the New Testament say be afraid? Yeah, if you're on the wrong side. Be scared, Jack. Be afraid. Be very, very afraid. Why? For he bears not the sword in vain. We don't have all these jets for nothing. We don't have all these tanks. We don't don't have all this hardware just to look at. Hmm. Do you understand that there are a lot of Christians with some very goofy, flaky ideas? Do you know? There are people in the name of Christianity who, who tell us we should lay down our arms. that's not the Bible that's not the Old Testament and that's not the New Testament I'm reading to you the New Testament and he tells us that these people are the ministers of God and that they are raised up for this purpose and that if you do evil be afraid for he bears not the sword in vain he is the minister of God second time it said it have you been praying for the ministers of God? Hmm? we have been i'm telling you a a blanket of peace has come on our leaders our president and our staff I, i just know that that they have said things to this effect that you know how are we so calm in the how are we able to think so clearly how are we... At? Now, they, some of them are probably calling it adrenaline. They're probably calling a lot of other things. Well, it just hadn't hit us yet and all that. But it is God. Yeah. I said it is God. Yeah. And just like the anointing and mantles used to come on the judges and the deliverers of old. People like Gideon. People like Samson. Even people that wasn't necessarily living right. But because God needed them to do something for the nation, the anointing came on them. I mean, anointings of power. Hallelujah. God has been hearing our prayers. These things are happening. This is part of how, a big part of how the terror of the Lord is coming on our enemies. Because they're going to see it on these ministers of God. They're going to see it on our they see it already on our president, they're going to see it on our generals, they're going to see it on our sergeants and on our privates. They're going to see it in their eyes, they're going to hear it in the tone of their voice and it is much more than a man talking. It is the fear of God. Hallelujah. How many believe this is Bible? Is the minister of God a what? Am I reading in the book of Romans in the New Testament? He is a minister of God. He is a what? He is. The Lord says vengeance is mine. I will repay. But he also uses instruments. His ministers. They are. Ministers of God, they are revengers to execute wrath upon him that does evil. Do you know how to pray, friends? You know how to stand. I've been confessing yesterday and today. The, actually, the gifts of the Spirit are in operation in our intelligence community. Some people are wondering, how could they find out some of these things so quick? God knows where everybody's at. <laughs> and and there, there are people right now that they are following what they call hunches. <laughs> what made you look up that file? What made you check? I, I just had a hunch. You and I got a part of this. These things are happening because we're praying, because we believe in God. When we pray in tongues, we pray in the Spirit, not in fear, but in faith. But in faith, we're praying out the details of these things. Amen. And supernatural intelligence is flowing into our country. I mean, you. Are, I, what was it on the news? I, it's been a few hours since I heard it, but it was hundreds of tips that's come in from the public. Yeah. Huh? I mean, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God said these folk were going to be too hot to handle. There's going to be no place that they could hide, and I'm telling you, it's coming. Re- information is coming. Revelation is coming. Supernatural. That's our part. Our part is to pray these things. Our part is to believe for these things. Our part is to expect these things. You watch as you listen to the news these next few days. You watch. You're going to hear some of the same words you've heard in church services and everything. You're going to hear. You're going to go, wow, wow. We know how he found it out. We know how. We know how they got that. Wow. This is going to be different. I mean in recent times. In recent times people have had some fear of our military. But nothing like it is now. This is a totally different thing. The terror of the Lord. Let me read you a passage that describes the terror of the Lord. You want to hear about it? Hallelujah. Go with me to Nahum. Maybe may be back there where your pages are stuck together. I don't know. <laughs> if it is, that will give you a clue. Nahum. <laughs> Anybody know where Nahum is? It's after Micah. It's before Habakkuk. If you just go to the end of the Old Testament and start backing up, you'll be there pretty quick. Hallelujah. Nahum 1 and verse 2. God is jealous. He has a right to be over His. And, and, and it, you, you touch the apple of His eye, you touch Him. How many believe Israel is His people? How many believe we are His people? People have had the stupidity to touch us. There ain't no way you can make anything else out of it. You can't say it's a mistake. You can't say that it was an accident. They have reached out their hands and they have touched God's anointed. God is jealous. And the Lord revenges. This is a side of God that people don't talk about all the time. I thank God for it because it's part of our defense. The Lord revenges. He says it again. The Lord revenges. The Lord revenges and is what? Furious. Furious. That's what this terror is. Don't just think... That the Lord, they're going to, the, these enemies are going to see the face of the Lord in the air. I'm telling you, so much of it's going to be manifest through His ministers. Yeah. Yeah. They will not just see the faces of men. Fury, the Lord will take vengeance on His adversaries, and He reserves wrath. He's got it stored up for his enemies. You know, you and I messed up a bunch of times and he might have been tempted, but in his mercy, he stored that wrath up. He put it back into a bath. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. All of the wrath that could have, should have fell on us, except we repented and got in Jesus. There's a lot of stuff that has aggravated the Lord a long time. People that are ignorant enough to spurn him and hurt his people, he's got it stored up for them. He reserves wrath for his enemies. Verse 3, the Lord is slow to anger, thank God, and great in power. I think you ought to say that two more times. Great in power. Great. One more time. Great in power. Great in power. And he will not at all acquit the wicked. The only acquittal, the only redemption is through faith in Jesus Christ. If you do not receive him, then there is no acquittal for you. Nothing but a fearful looking for of judgment. Now this applies to the end time of this whole thing. But we're so close to this that we're seeing first fruits of it now. We're about to. He goes on. The Lord has His way in the whirlwind. And in the storm, <laughs> forget 30 caliber bullets. How about grapefruit size hail? <laughs> Speeding down from 60,000 feet. <laughs> Ooh, you know he's used it before. I said, You know he's used it before. He has his way in the whirlwind and in the storm and the clouds are the dust of his feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry. Do you have a picture of that? Do you have a picture? I don't think you do. Do you have a picture of the Lord Almighty stepping on the coast in California and rebuking the Pacific and it's a dry bed? Do we know who we serve? He said, Bashan languishes, and Carmel and the flower of Lebanon languishes at these rebukes. The mountains quake at him, the hills melt, and the earth is burned at his presence. Yea, the world and all that dwell therein, who can stand before his indignation? Do you know the answer to that? Nobody but nobody. Nobody. Can abide the fierceness of his anger? Who? Nobody. Ain't nobody. His fury is poured out like fire, and the rocks are thrown down by him. Oh, but get this, get this. The Lord is good, He's a stronghold in the day of trouble, and He knows them that trust in Him. Put your hand up and say, that's me. That's me. I, trust in him. I trust in him. Then you know what side you're on and you know all this fury and wrath is not against you. You know, it's, it's going to become more and more black and white. Which side you are on. Verse 8, but with an overrunning flood, he will make an utter end of the place thereof, and darkness shall pursue his enemies. It's happening tonight. It's happening tonight. No matter how bright it is shining in the middle of the day, darkness is around them. There's only one way to get out of it. That's accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Verse 9, what do you imagine against the Lord? He will make an utter end and affliction shall not rise up the second time. Hallelujah. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. He is a God to be feared. He is a God. Now, you don't, you, you don't have to be afraid if you obey Him and serve Him. But if you disobey Him, if you spit in His face, if you touch His anointed fear, you should be afraid. You should be seeing how quick and how fully you could repent. For if you do not judge yourself, you will be judged. Go with me to another passage. I'll try to, to wrap this up pretty quick. Go with me to Isaiah. Isaiah, the 8th chapter. Now, if I had time, I mean, there's you, you could teach a whole seminar on this, but something the Lord taught me years ago, That is a big part of my faith for protection for me and mine. Is faith in the fear of God. Do you hear that? That has been for years now. A big part of my faith for protection. You're you're holding your place there in Isaiah 8. Let me read a few scriptures to you. Don't, Don't try to turn there. You might mark them down if you're taking notes. The Bible said... That when Israel came out of Egypt. Well it said before then. In all those signs and wonders that God did in Egypt. It said the terror of the Lord came on the Egyptians. That's that's why they they ran them out. That's why they gave them everything they had. The terror of the Lord came on them. And the Bible says do you remember when when the spies went to Rahab's house? And you remember that they were the reason she hid them. The reason she let them in there. And when they came to get them, she, she basically lied and, and, and hid them and everything else. She came to him. she said, we have heard of the terror of the Lord. We've heard everything that he did in Egypt. And we heard everything that he did to, to Og and to, to Bashan and to, the giants. We heard it. And, and she talked about how everybody's heart in the whole land of Canaan had fainted. We're talking about fear that sweeps over nations. The fear of God. It's happening. I said it's happening. The thing that that I've depended on. For years now you find in Exodus. The 34th chapter. You don't have to turn there. But the Lord told them. He said three times a year. I want all of the men. To come and appear before me. You know, before the temple, bring sacrifices. Well, you got to understand, in those days, that was, I mean, from the natural standpoint, that was like asking to have your wives and children captured and your stock and your houses burned because people just waited, neighboring peoples waited for something like that. All the men are gone. The word gets over to them in two days. They'll all come right over, take all your families and. And wipe you out. You remember that happened to David. And his mighty men at Ziklag. While they were gone on a campaign. They came in there and wiped them out. Thank God by the mercy of God. They got it all back. And then some. That's right. And then a lot. But. You know this is going through all these men's mind. The Lord's telling them three times a year. All of you men. All of you fighting men. I got to leave this place and, and go all the way to the temple. He said three times in a year. Shall all your men children appear before the Lord God. The God of Israel. For I will cast out the nations before you. I will enlarge your borders. Now listen to this. Neither shall any man desire your land. Did you hear that? When you go up to appear before the Lord your God three times in a year. The Lord showed me a picture of this some years ago because I was leaving town one day and there had been some robberies in the area, some break ins and some things. And I always pray over my stuff, but I I begin to say, you know, uh, ministering spirits, I charge you concerning my house and my offices and my vehicles and my hangers and my stuff. And the Lord showed me, He said, this is how it works. Somebody drives by in your neighborhood, scoping out, casing out places. And they look at your stuff and go, "Mm, mm, mm. I bet you there's some nice stuff in that house. He said, and then I have the angel of the Lord come and lean over on him and go, I wouldn't go in there if I was you. (laughs) He said, sudden fear comes on them and they go, let's just drive around the block. So that nobody desires your stuff. This is faith in the fear of God. This is faith in the terror of God. Are you listening friends? This will open up a whole realm of things to you now. You need to say it out loud. Nobody will desire my stuff. Nobody will desire my stuff. Anybody, Anybody who would think to harm me. Or any, or any of mine, the terror of God, terror of God. Will, fall will fall on them. They will tremble, they will tremble. and flee. And flee. Oh. Hallelujah. Oh. Release your faith in this. Sit out loud, I have faith, I have faith. in the fear of God. In the fear of God. Oh. Cultivate this. That way you you see when you drive away from your house you're going on vacation for two weeks and you keep looking back going do we have the we got the alarm set and they're gonna come by and check on it man I just you know they're having all these robberies and stuff around here you're in fear I said you're in fear well you just never know you just never know it could happen to any of us. How much fear? None. No fear. No fear. None. You pray your prayers. You make your confessions. You make sure you're obeying God. And you drive away and don't even think about it. Right. Amen. Right. you out of town and something comes up and tries to remind you that. You say, no, in Jesus' name. Nobody will desire my stuff. And anybody that would look upon it, the terror of God will fall on them. You say that over your daughters at college. That's right. You do you understand that it is not okay? You call it prayer, but if you get in your prayer closet, oh God, please don't let anything happen to my baby, please. Don't let anything happen to my baby. God, please don't let anything happen to my baby while she's off You have opened the door. I said, the, the devil knows you believe in his ability to hurt your child. You're exhibiting faith in his ability to hurt you. That's right. Oh, but I like what it says in the book of Job. What is the fifth chapter? He says, at destruction and at famine, thou shalt laugh. I'm going to hurt your baby. I'm going to steal your goods. I'm going to tell you, say, Ha! <laughs> Like Brother Hagin. I double dog, dare you! I lost some people right there. <laughs> people say, Oh, oh, brother, ooh, Brother Key, ooh. Ooh I, wouldn't, ooh, I wouldn't say that. You're scared. Right. Who are you scared? Do you think if you play quiet, the devil will leave you alone? <laughs> Do you think you can make a covenant with him? And say, okay, now I'll lay low and be quiet. and I won't bother you. And you don't bother me, okay? I won't go around rattling like you know Brother Keith does about it. I'll just be quiet. You know what he'll say? He'll say, "Okay, okay sure, sure, shake, it. shake." It. And you turn your back, and he's going to nail you. So you might as well stand up and be a man. You might as well stand up and be a woman, and look him in the eye and say, "You cannot touch me." You have nothing in me. Nothing. And I'm not afraid of you. Amen. Say, I don't care what's happened to you in the past. There's a lot of stuff you didn't know in the past. Hmm? The biggest one was fear. If you'll go back and look, you'll find fear. Did you hear me? Fear opens the door. Fear opens. Let's the enemy work. It is faith in his ability to hurt you. I mean, the ministers, I've had people come to me before crying, crying. The devil told me he's going to kill me. The devil told me, the devil told me. You just told me you have more faith in the devil to hurt you than you do in God to protect you. That's that's what Ephesians talks about, among other things, when it says, give no place to the devil. And one of the big ways you do that is by letting no fear operate in you. Go with me to this scripture, and I I think this is it. I think I'm, I'm closing. Isaiah 8, are you there? Now this is prophetic. Isaiah saw this in the Spirit thousands of years ago he saw this unfolding and it pertains to israel and it pertains to us right now this answers political issues right now isaiah the 8th chapter and beginning in the 11th verse isaiah 8 11, For the Lord spake to me, thus to me, with a strong hand, and he instructed me that I should not walk in the way of this people. He said, Say ye not a confederacy to all them to whom this people shall say a confederacy? And neither fear you their fear, nor be afraid. Are you listening? Before I read the rest of that, listen to this in the living. He said, the Lord said, has said in the strongest terms, do not under any circumstances go along with the plans of Judah to surrender to Syria. Don't let people call you a traitor for staying true to God. Amen. Amen. And don't you panic as so many of your neighbors are doing when they think of Syria and Israel, and in this case Israel was the enemy of Judah, attacking you. Get this. Don't fear anything except The Lord of the armies of heaven. If you fear Him, you need fear nothing else. Hallelujah. You remember in the New Testament, Jesus said, Don't fear the one that can kill the body. Right? Does He mean that? Does he mean, do not be afraid of somebody that could shoot you or blow you up? Does he mean that? He said, don't do it. But he said, I'll tell you whom you should fear. Him that after the destruction of the body has the power to cast into hell. He said, I say to you, fear him. He said, he will be your safety. Hallelujah. Let me keep reading here in the King James now. Say not a confederacy to all them to whom this people shall say a confederacy. Neither fear ye their fear, nor be afraid. Sanctify the Lord of hosts himself, and let him be your fear, and let him be your dread. Verse 18. Here's the shouting ground. After saying all this, he said... Behold, I and the children whom the Lord has given me are for what? Signs. Signs and for wonders in Israel from the Lord of hosts which dwells in Mount Zion. We've seen it. The people's hearts all over this country and all over the world turning people that wouldn't pray at all are praying. Right? People that wasn't thinking about God at all are talking about God every other breath. Huh? I've talked to some people today. You could tell they weren't accustomed to talking about the Lord, but it was the Lord this and, and God that. And God, the people's mind has turned to Him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And the Lord in showing himself mighty and in his terror falling on our enemies, there is set in motion to fulfill the prophecies that have been spoken for the church. Hallelujah. And you and I have been trained. You and I are in a position for such a time as this right now, right here. And the signs and the wonders that we've heard about, The signs and the wonders that we've prayed for, that we believe for, that we preached for. We're going to see the terror of the Lord on one hand. And we're going to see the mercy and the healing and the power and the goodness and the love of God on the other. Hallelujah! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you believe it? Put up your hands. Let's thank God. Because we're on the right side. Let's thank God. Because we're in the middle. We're in the middle of this move. We're in the middle. Praise the Lord. Bless the Lord. Give glory to God. Great God. You are the Lord of hosts. You are the jealous God. The God of vengeance. The protector of your people. Oh, we reverence you. We fear you, Lord. We submit to you. We honor you. We reverence you. We worship your holiness. We worship you, the most high God, oh, creator of heavens and earth, defender of your people. Oh, we worship you. You whose power is so great, so mighty, mighty in battle. The Lord God mighty in battle. We bless you. We bless you. Oh, hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh thank you Lord. Say it one more time. No fear. No fear. I will allow. I will allow. No fear. In my, heart. In my heart. In my mind. In my, mind. In my home. In my, home. In, my business. In my business. I will allow. I will allow. No, fear. no fear. In anything.